This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Congressman Gary Palmer has released a statement on why he is seeking the House speakership position. Palmer added his name on Sunday to a total of nine candidates who will be voted on in the Republican conference this week. Palmer is citing inflation, immigration, crime, and a need for Republican unity within the U.S. House as his main reasons for putting his name forward. Palmer maintains that Americans are desperate for authentic leadership. U.S. Senator Katie Britt is back from a trip to Israel that occurred over the weekend with other senators. Britt met with American families who had someone taken hostage by Hamas terrorists during an attack that occurred on October 7th. Britt called the stories from those families unbearable as they involved murder, rape, and torture. Britt concluded that people of all faiths can coexist in peace and prosperity, but good cannot coexist with evil and that evil must be taken down. Britt supports Israel's right to defend itself and even says the country is obligated to defend their innocent. After a judge in Madison County refuses to dismiss a lawsuit that was filed against the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the DHR commissioner, Nancy Buckner, is now asking that the case be moved out of Madison County to Montgomery County. Buckner is suggesting that since state officials are the defendants in the case, it's appropriate for the case to be in that area. The lawsuit plaintiffs are a nonprofit organization called Kids to Love. Kids to Love is suing DHR for removing them from a referral list for foster children placement and giving no reason as to why or any actions for remedy. DHR is denying those claims. Today is a runoff election that's being held to fill the seat for Alabama House District 55. That seat was vacated earlier this year when Fred Plump Jr. was charged by the U.S. Department of Justice with conspiracy and obstruction of justice involving community funds that were meant for a local baseball league. Travis Hendricks and Sylvia Swain are vying for the seat in this runoff race. Swain is an openly transgender woman who has garnered support from several groups outside of Alabama in order to help this campaign move forward and get a seat within the Alabama House. Hendricks has garnered support from Birmingham Mayor Randall Woodfin and Senate Minority Leader Anthony Daniels. A former teacher at a Christian school in Mobile County is officially indicted by a grand jury this week for sexual relations with a student. 44-year-old Jonathan Sowers was arrested this past March following an investigation into a missing student from Faith Academy. The girl's parents called police when their daughter was gone too long shopping and her vehicle was at the parking lot of Walmart, but she could not be found inside the store. The student eventually showed up and that's when the nature of her relationship with Sowers was revealed. The student had apparently parked at the store and had gotten into Sowers car where they had gone to another location for sexual contact. Authorities from the island of Aruba are interested in all of the court documents and testimony that were given by Dutch citizen Joran Vandersloot regarding the death of Natalie Holloway on the island back in 2005. Vandersloot made statements here in Alabama on how he killed the 18-year-old when she rejected his sexual advances. This was all part of a plea deal within an extortion case that involved Natalie Holloway's parents. Authorities in Aruba are asking for the U.S. Department of Justice to provide the documents which they say they will analyze before next steps in Aruba are taken. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news... A memo from the Customs and Border Protection Agency and its field office in San Diego, California, is warning of terrorists connected to the Middle Eastern conflict who are seeking to cross over into the U.S. at the southern border. The memo was obtained by the Daily Caller Foundation and was apparently passed around on October 20th. The memo is after attacks came from Hamas terrorists in Israel, killing over a thousand Israeli citizens 
and taking almost 200 hostages. The memo identified three terrorist organizations who are seeking to enter the U.S., Hamas, Hezbollah, and the PIJ, which stands for Palestinian Islamic Jihad. This comes as no surprise considering the amount of illegal aliens already crossing into the U.S. at the Mexico border. Hundreds of those who have been apprehended by the Department of Homeland Security have been identified on the terrorist watch list, and those are the ones apprehended, not those who got away successfully without detection. Retired Colonel Douglas McGregor spoke recently with Tucker Carlson about the presence of Hezbollah in the country of Mexico. I would expect trouble here at home and in the United States because of the open border. Hezbollah has a very large operation in Mexico. There are no doubt many, many, many Hezbollah agents inside the United States. We can only begin to imagine the kind of trouble they could cause. The missile and space program in Iran is very, very advanced as is their cyber warfare capability. All of these things would be brought to bear against us. But what's most important, I think, for Americans to understand is if we attack Iran on the basis of Hezbollah's alleged willingness to attack Israel, if Israel invades Gaza, we will end up in a fight with Russia. Russia will not sit by quietly and watch Iran destroyed by the United States air and naval power in the region. And once Russia enters this, uh, it, it becomes much more than just a local conflict, maybe more than just a regional war. We haven't thought this through. We need to do that. Tucker Carlson posts all of his interviews on his Twitter channel. Donald Trump was in New Hampshire on Monday delivering a speech to his supporters there about the state of the southern border. This is the sickness and depravity that Joe Biden and his open borders maniacs want to bring to America, and we will not let them do it. We're going to close it up, and we're not going to let them. And if you want to come into the country, you can, but you have to come in legally. You have to come in legally. A vote for Crooked Joe is a vote to turn the United States into a hotbed of jihadists and make our cities into dumping grounds, very much resembling the Gaza Strip. Have you been to the Gaza Strip? A vote for President Trump is a vote to secure the border, and it's a vote to keep radical Islamic terrorists the hell out of our country. The chairman of the House Oversight Committee has Joe Biden on his mind, but for other reasons. James Comer spoke on Fox News about the latest financial evidence of James Biden sending a check for $200,000 directly to his older brother, Joe Biden. And the money came from Jim Biden, where he influence peddled to a company in the United States that he went and said that he could help through his brother's contacts get capital from from the Middle East. So he convinced this company to give him $600,000, and they did it in increments. The last increment was $200,000. That $200,000 then went to Jim Biden's personal account, and it was a loan, according to uh, the way Jim Biden deposited. And then he wrote on the same day a check to Joe Biden for a loan repayment. Now, they're playing the loan card a lot. Remember the $250,000 wire that we identified three weeks ago that came from China to Hunter Biden that was addressed to Joe Biden's house? The White House said that was a loan, too. And, Sean, what you're going to be hearing out of the White House over the next few weeks is loan, loan, loan. And look, even if Joe Biden did give his brother a loan, which I don't believe he did, the fact that that his brother defrauded a company that is now bankrupt and all the creditors lost all their money that they invested in this or loaned to this healthcare company, but Joe Biden got $200,000 from it before they went bankrupt, all because 
Jim Biden was selling the brand, was selling the Biden name and convinced people to pay money in exchange for favors from Joe Biden. Comer says more info is to be released next week. And here's the second part of an interview conducted back in 1985 by Edward Griffin with a Russian KGB defector. Yuri Bezemanov says that the focus of his KGB training had very little to do with traditional espionage as portrayed in U.S. movies, but more with ideological subversion or psychological warfare, which is implemented which is, which is implemented in four parts, the first part being demoralization, which takes 15 to 20 years. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result, the result you can see, most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind. Even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is, uh, is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid society of these people, you have you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of, the, uh, of the United States society. We will continue with this discussion of the first phase of demoralization in which Bezemanov offers his analysis on how successful that effort has been done in the U.S. based on what he was seeing back then, 1985. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 